eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Barreled Up by Ball Cap Sports. Here's your, here's your, here's your host, Jim Riley and Robbie Hyde. Anything you had heard about Yamamoto bidding dollars Anything to that effect prior to Jeff Passan earlier today is basically garbage. Jeff Passan dropping the bomb on his colleagues that are out here talking about bidding, talking about offers, and putting it to rest. That Yes, there were some preliminary offers in the beginning, but there has not been a request for more offers. Those teams that have wanted to put more offers and talk dollars have been told... Hold on, time out. We're not doing that yet. So Jeff Passan essentially kicking off in his own way the Yamamoto bidding season. That is expected to be this week. We have a ton of teams in on them. The New York teams, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Giants, who knows, the Phillies, who knows how how many other teams. And in our stream tonight, we're going to take a look at those teams, talk about who's the most likely. Would love for you guys to comment. Who do you have getting Yamamoto? It is a it is a pure guess at this point. Anybody that says they have any inside information is lying. It is a pure guess. My thought is a pure guess just going on gut. Welcome in, everybody. We're going to talk about Yamamoto. We're going to talk about... The trade talk, because there's actually been a considerable amount lately. Today, with the Twins, as far as Kepler and Polanco go, we had Jonathan India yesterday. We had more talk about the Dodgers. Corbin Burns, Mark Feinstein put an article out talking about Burns and Cease and Bieber, giving us a very interesting thought point on Burns, the Dodgers, Willie Adamas maybe getting included. We'll talk about that. And there's a some free agent rapid fire. Blue Jays are the favorite for Cody Bellinger, huh? Talked a little bit about that last night, but we'll get back into that today. We've also got Marcus Stroman. There's a team that is talking to Stroman. We've got Jorge Soler. Somebody's 
aggressive for Solaire. All right, let's get started to with the big man, and that is Yamamoto. That is what everyone is focused on at this point. He's overshadowing the rest of the free agent class. William Fulgham, you have him to the Mets. Maybe. Steve Cohen's pulling out all the stops. Steve Cohen's going to Japan, having dinner with the family. Steve Cohen is inviting Yamamoto in to have dinner at his place. Steve Cohen is going the personal route, and we do believe it is a fair assessment that most likely the highest bidder is going to win out, especially when we're talking about the Mets, the Dodgers, the Yankees. They will be in World Series or bust mode every year, so it's not like Yamamoto has to worry about winding up on a team that isn't going to be going for it. So they're always going to be going for it, the teams that are linked to Yamamoto. So at that point, it should come down to maybe just the dollars. Here was the word from Jeff Passan earlier today in his story on Yamamoto. All the alleged $300 million bids for Yamamoto are inaccurate. Sources tell ESPN. Teams have been asked not to discuss terms yet, but that could change today when bidding, sources said, is expected to begin. Now is when Yamamoto's free agency gets real. And now is when we are going to have to start deciphering and sniffing out, stay with me now, what's leverage and what's legit the the Boston the, the Boston Red Sox tie-in on Twitter today uh, the name is escaping me but a complete leverage play if there ever was one on Twitter earlier today talking about bids talking about offers essentially was a leverage tweet towards the Yankees as it was identified that the Red Sox the Dodgers and the Mets had the High, what was it, higher offers or, or, or were being more aggressive? And no mention to the Yankees. I think we can all safely assume that it's probably probably down to these six. San Francisco is going to keep pushing. The Dodgers, the Yankees and the Mets, the Red Sox, the Philadelphia Phillies, maybe Toronto sneaks in there. I think it is unlikely. If I hear Toronto attached to Yamamoto... I'm going to vomit. I don't want to hear it. Not once. I don't want to hear about a plane, a train, a automobile, a blimp, a dirigible, a clown car, nothing headed to Toronto from wherever Yamamoto is allegedly at. No, I don't want to hear it. I have been on the San Francisco Giants bandwagon since the beginning I'm not going to change that prediction, but boy, it is really feeling like it is Dodgers, Yankees, or Mets. And if anybody else gets them, it'll be an upset. I'll hold with my prediction. I don't feel super great about it, but I'll hold with it. Feels like it is going to be LA or New York. Pick a New York team that goes for them. Can the Yankees snatch them? The Yankees all in mode, right? All of the motivation is there. This is maybe their one year with Juan Soto. All in. Go for it. Be aggressive. Get Yamamoto. If you're the Mets, you're Steve Cohen. You obviously want him. And don't you feel like 
the Mets and Steve Cohen, if we're going to go highest bidder, that that's who's going to set the market. That is where we're going to get the dollar figure from, whatever he signs for. 250 plus posting, 275 plus posting, whatever Steve Cohen is willing to pay is essentially where the market is going to have to swim. You got the Dodgers with Otani. Certainly. Is Otani going to overshadow Yamamoto and make it less likely? Or does Yamamoto love the idea of headlining a rotation in Los Angeles, making a run at a World Series for the next five, six, seven, eight, nine, however many years they are together? Because the other thing Jeff Passan brought up in his article today was that maybe Yamamoto goes for a seven-year deal, re-enters the market at 32. Maybe he goes for a 10-year deal or nine-year deal with an opt-out after four. He can re-enter the market at 29. How that contract plays out will be interesting to see. So either way, we are going to have a very interesting week ahead. Word is, and who knows how good this word is, by Christmas. Okay, maybe. Let's see. But I do think over this next week, you're going to have to have your BS sniffer, your garbage radar on, cranked up, because it is going to be leverage season on 10 when it comes to Yamamoto. Let's get into some trade talk. Because over the last 24 hours or so, there has been some really interesting trade conversation that has popped up. Let's start here with Bob Elliott tweeting out that the Blue Jays have shown interest in dealing for Reds' second baseman, Jonathan India. A lot of Blue Jay fans are completely against this. They don't want India. They ran to his baseball reference page and saw an OPS plus of 100 last year. They ran to Baseball Savant and they saw his defensive metrics and they're like, oh my God. I get it. Jonathan India, he is not shining like a diamond right now. Coming off of his rookie season in 2021, looked like the sky was the limit. Rookie of the year, 21 home runs, an OPS plus of, what was it, 115, 116? I just did a video on this. I should remember it. But Jonathan India, for what the Blue Jays are looking for, I like. I like Jonathan India at the top of the lineup. George Springer, is George Springer a leadoff guy anymore? I don't know. If I can get Jonathan India and his 375 on-base percentage in the leadoff spot ahead of Springer and Bo and Vladdy. I like that. That's what Jonathan India's on-base percentage was last year with the Reds. In a down year for him. A 374 on-base at the number one spot in that lineup. Give me some of that. And his whiff rate was in the 93rd percentile. So we got a guy that doesn't swing and miss a ton. He's better than league average when it comes to walking and striking out. So these are all things that I like. And if you put him in this Blue Jays lineup ahead of those three bats, four bats I just talked about, I think Jonathan India can go out there and score 100-plus runs for the Toronto Blue Jays. And I don't think, more to this, I don't think you will have to give up what you maybe feel like you'll have to. I think the Blue Jays could get this deal done and hold on to Davis Schneider, hold on to Tiedemann and Martinez and Barger. I think they could, and Barriera. I think they could hold on to all of those players and get Jonathan India. Now, if it takes Tiedemann 
I'm walking away. If it takes Martinez or Barger, I'm walking away. But if I can get it for the package that I talked about in my trade video, go check that out. We had two pitching prospects, and we had Santiago Espinal. And that, on baseball trade values, was a fair trade. Go check that out. But I think if you can get it's the right trade. It's got to be the right pieces. I think you can do it. Moving on. And this also ties into the Blue Jays. I'm, I, I have absolutely no intent on making this a Blue Jays live stream. Just fair warning. John Morosi, so take this with a grain of salt. However, again, get your sniffer out. What's your radar telling you? This has been rumored by countless individuals for the last two months that Kepler, Polanco could be traded this offseason. Morosi tweeting out yesterday and then talking about it this morning on MLB Network that the Twins are listening to offers on both Kepler and Polanco. No deal is close. On MLB Network, he talked about how the Blue Jays could be a fit for Max Kepler, which of course, of course they could. Lefty bat, outfielder, good. Check, check. I do believe my gut, no information, one of them gets traded. Based on the twin situation, and I think they want pitching back in return, I believe you could swing a deal. This is where it gets tricky if you're the Blue Jays and you're hoping for Max Kepler because the Blue Jays are not really good trade partners for Max Kepler in that arena. You're going to be giving up pitchers that aren't aren't really that close. Maybe Zuleta goes, but Zuleta looks like he might be tracking towards a bullpen arm. Blue Jays are not a great partner for Kepler, but keep your eye out for Polanco and Kepler over the next couple of weeks because they could be interesting names. I believe one of them gets traded. Keep hitting that like, everybody. Those of you that are with me live, 15 likes away from our live-like goal. Let's keep going. Mark Feinstein today also dropping an article, the latest buzz on top starting pitching trade candidates. And he brought up Corbin Burns, and he included Willie Adamas because just Corbin Burns was not enough. Dodgers have already been ultra-aggressive this winter with their signing of Otani and trade for Glass now, but they also have a need at shortstop. Gavin Lux, sorry, buddy. A deal for both Burns and Willie Adamas, who was headed for free agency at the end of the season, could be in play, though. LA is said to be after hot, hot after Yamamoto. And he went on and talked about a bunch of other teams that could trade for Burns and, and, and Peralta. He included the Yankees, the Braves. As soon as I saw, I saw blue, knowing he was going blue Jays, I said, that's enough. We don't need to continue here. But this tracks. This does track. If you can get the right package, if the Dodgers can get the right deal, if you swing and miss on Yamamoto, I can see the Dodgers going in this direction. I don't think they... Dig back into Dylan Cease. I think they go kill two birds with one stone, get Burns and Adamas. Would be a great addition for the Dodgers. Jack, I see your super chat coming in. Are the Cardinals linked to anyone? Love the stream. Uh, nothing that I have locked in here is focused on Cardinals, Jack. Uh, but I do appreciate the comment. Thank you for the super chat. Dodgers here could definitely make a play if they fall short on Yamamoto. If the Dodgers are the team to get Yamamoto, scratch this off. Maybe they try to pull off a deal for Willie Adamas, but Corbin, as far as Corbin Burns would be related, I think you'd scratch that for the Dodgers. More trade talk. Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic 
left-hander Jesus Lizardo in his three years of club control and right-hander Edward Cabrera with five years of control continue to draw interest. Jesus Lizardo on the move? Could you see it? And if you could, where would he go? Now, since this came out, the rumor mill has already gotten started, Yankees and Cubs. Are the Cardinals linked to anyone love the stream? Again, thank you, buddy. Thank you, thank you, Jack. Let me fix the white balance. Wow, I got, like, really flushed out there. That was almost like a black and white situation. Oof. All right, this is better. Anyway, Yankees and Cubs already. Trade rumors are kicking up in those fan bases, on those, uh, you know, Cubbies. What is it? Cubbies Hangout or Cubbies Crib or whatever it is. Uh, and Pinstripe Alley are already running through ideas about a trade for Jesus Lizardo because it tracks. And in today's upload from earlier today, we presented some trades for the Yankees and the Cubs. If the Yankees don't get, there's a lot of ifs and Yamamoto attached. If the Yankees don't get Yamamoto, yeah, I can see this. I can see them going for Lizardo. Three years of control. And the Yankees would be in a situation where they could even take on Obviously, El Garcia's contract send. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Grisham, that needed to find the name there, send Trent Grisham in that deal and limit, because Trent Grisham has value, and limit the amount of prospect capital that has to be paid for Jesus Lizardo. If you're the Yankees, you get three years of Jesus Lizardo, and maybe you're giving up Everson Pereira, maybe you're giving up Hamilton and Trent Grisham, and you're bringing him back. That's a pretty good top-of-the-rotation arm right there. I feel very good about Lazardo in a number two or number three spot. See what, see what Carlos Rodon does. And the Cubs are in the same boat. The Cubs could pull off a trade, and you have Cubs, or you have Lazardo, and you have Steele at the top of that rotation. Good things. Good things come from that. But I also believe that on top of the Yankees and the Cubs, that we should consider the Baltimore Orioles as a trade partner for Miami. The rumors are not there. Again, we're sort of fresh in this uh, th- this new Jesus Lazardo trade cycle. We have been here before and we're here again. The Orioles are a great trade partner for Lazardo. They're not a great trade partner for Dylan Cease. And I'll talk about that in a minute. I believe that the White Sox competing next year is not high on their list. The Miami Marlins would like to compete next year. So if you are the Orioles, there is more value in the eye of the Miami Marlins in guys like Cedric Mullins, Anthony Santander, more value there than maybe there would be with the White Sox because the White Sox may be looking at this as a two or three year plan. And by then Mullins is gone and Santander is gone. Great trade partner. The Orioles are for Miami with Lazardo would fit in wonderfully at the top of that Orioles rotation. Let's keep going. Let's get into the free agent rapid fire. 
We'll start with Josh Hader. We're going to bounce around a little bit here. Josh Hader. Now, we do have MLB deadline news, and I don't love throwing that on the screen. However, they are referencing Robert Murray and Robert Murray's Baseball Insiders live stream. Robert Murray believes a free agent lefty Josh Hader's contract this winter will exceed 5 at 102, which is what Edwin Diaz got last offseason. I said that a month ago. That's an obvious. Josh Hader gets in my baseball, in my free agent predictions video, that Josh Hader is going to get the richest contract for a relief pitcher in the history of baseball. Now, who's going to give it to him, though? And this is where, if there's one thing that can slow it down, it is the market. Who can afford to do that? You think the Dodgers? Maybe the Dodgers have been talking to Hader, talking to him about building a super team. But if they're doing that, are they doing that in their offering? Like, look, we're, we're building a super team here. We can't give you a 102. We can give you a, we can give you a four at 90 or something to that effect. And they don't go five at 102 because they're building a super team and they're trying to get Josh Hader to sign on to the, to the, the, to the team. What about the Rangers? I think we all thought the Rangers were a slam dunk home run, but the problem is they've got a financial issue with their sports network. And big money could be at stake for the Texas Rangers, which may have them hold off. And with the news about Max Scherzer, I got to think Texas is prioritizing Jordan Montgomery over Josh Hader. And if you get Montgomery, how much money is left for Hader, especially if Hader is about to sign the richest deal in the history of baseball for a relief pitcher. So we go back to the Dodgers. If it's the Dodgers, who else is playing in this arena for years and dollars? I don't think many. Uh, before we came on, I looked at the I looked at the landscape. I looked at who needs a closer. I looked at the money situation, and I don't see a ton of teams that need a closer and have the money to spend. Those two elements combined. Sure, the Giants have the money to spend, but they've got Duvall. There are there are teams that have the money to spend, but maybe they've got a closer. And then there are teams that don't have a closer, but they don't have the money to spend. It's Are you negotiating against yourself is what I am starting to wonder when we get to Josh Hader's market. Because if we're looking at the richest contract in the history of relief pitchers, how many teams can play in that arena? Not many. And do we get to the point where you're just negotiating against yourself? So that's going to be something to keep an eye on. We also have the Cody Bellinger situation coming from Bob Nightingale that the Toronto Blue Jays have emerged as a favorite for Cody Bellinger with the Cubs still in the hunt. What do you think? Where's Cody Bellinger going to wind up? Is it going to be the Toronto Blue Jays or... Is this nothing but, unfortunately, Bob being used as leverage? Two questions. If Cody Bellinger was so amazing, which he was, but if Cody Bellinger is what we think he is, why haven't the Cubs already locked him back up? What are we waiting for? They were focused on Otani. Okay, well, that's over a week now. That has been dead and done for over a week. And we're not really hearing a whole lot of Yamamoto and the Cubs. 
So you got to wonder, well, okay, if Cody is that hot, why have the Cubs not locked him back up then? You would have think you would have thought that would have been plan B and they would have jumped on that. But here we are now more than a week after Otani and Cody's not doesn't have a team. So we hear this from Bob that the Blue Jays have emerged as a favorite. Is that because two things could be happening? They're trying to get the Cubs engaged, his agent, because maybe the Cubs are just kind of taking it slow. That could be happening. Or maybe they both have offers on the table and the Blue Jays have the highest offer and they're being used as leverage. They're being used as leverage to get the offer from the Cubs up. We got an offer from the Blue Jays. You could call them. They have an offer on the table. They're not going to tell you how much. But as you can see in the USA Today, they've got the better offer. You want to keep Cody? You better get your offer up. And Cody maybe wants to be back with the Chicago Cubs. Something interesting to consider as we go through this whole Cody Bellinger situation. Where would he fit in the lineup? He would fit nicely. You plug him behind Vladdy or in front of Vladdy, however you want to do that. You got Bellinger hitting behind Vladdy. How how great could Vladdy do with Bellinger hitting behind him and vice versa? Maybe Bellinger has an even better season if Vladdy, who's looking good on his Instagram page, if Vladdy's hitting behind Belly, maybe Belly sees more pitches and he has an even better year than last year. We know the Blue Jays need lefty bats. Maybe Bellinger's the way to go. But some of this just smells like leverage. Some of it smells... A little deceptive. Let's keep going to Blake Snell. Blake Snell, also in that Bob Nightingale article. Giants appear to be the leading candidate for free agent starter Blake Snell, who won't sign until Yamamoto's deal becomes finalized. The Giants need starting pitching in a bad way. Logan Webb. Desclafani as a two is bad news. Desclafani should be a four on a team that is going to try to make a push at this point to finish second in the National League West or shock the world. Desclafani can't be the two. Desclafani's got to be the four. So Blake Snell is almost imperative that the San Francisco Giants go out there and pay Blake Snell and bring him in and create a one-two combo at the top of that rotation, Webb and Snell. It would be a great get. Can they get him? Can they overcome this whole city thing? They appear to be the leading candidate, according to Bob Nightingale. We have to wait till the Yamamoto deal is finalized because that could all change after these teams that are fixated on Yamamoto fall out. We know the Mets have also eyed Blake Snell. He's great for the Giants. I think he would be a great fit for the Red Sox. If the Giants, Red Sox, Mets all miss out on Yamamoto, could cause a frenzy for Blake Snell, and there are certainly more than just those three teams that would make sense for Snell. How about Marcus Stroman? we got some Marcus Stroman news today. The Angels, According to Robert Murray on his Baseball Insiders live stream, the Angels have held contract discussions with Marcus Stroman, according to Robert Murray. You take a look at this Angels rotation, he fits in easily as the number two. Detmers, Stroman, Canning, Sandoval, Anderson, 
you're starting to put together what could be a very quality rotation. There's still more work to be done, but it would be a good get by the Angels if they can wrap this up and bring Stroman in. I actually think that this might be one of the best landing spots for him. Um, Let's see. Michael, I don't mean to discount uh, Kyle Harrison, but I want Kyle Harrison on a Giants team that is making a push for it. I want Kyle Harrison expected to deliver mid to back half of the rotation kind of stuff. You can't be leaning on Kyle Harrison to try to be the number two or the number three. If he does that, great. But you want him to do that out of the number four or the number five spot in the rotation. All right, let's move on from Stroman to Jorge Soler because we had some Jorge Soler news today. The Seattle Mariners are the most active team for Jorge Soler, per source, from Francis Romero. Yankees and Marlins have also approached and have shown interest. I think the Diamondbacks, I believe I've also heard the Diamondbacks as well for Soler as Arizona is trying to pinpoint some power for that designated hitter spot. But Seattle, of those teams, certainly going to be the most aggressive for it because when you look at their roster, which we have right here, you can see it's not good. You have too many holes. From five to nine, there are a ton of holes. If you had from Mar- Cade Marlowe, Luis Arias, Dominic Canzone, Taylor Trammell, Josh Rojas, if one or two of them were a expected starter, that'd be okay. But you have five of them. More work needs to be in, especially for a Seattle team that has invested so much in that starting pitching. You cannot afford to waste a year of Logan Gilbert in this controllable phase. George Kirby, these controllable years, these years where they're not making bank, you can't waste those years. So they have to be aggressive. Solaire, J.D. Martinez, Justin Turner, pick one, maybe two of them. They need to go out there and bring in a major bat do the Seattle Mariners, and Jorge Soler would certainly get the job done. (laughs) 